This is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for May 7th. Patrolling the outer reaches of the galaxy in the 23rd century, encountering alien life, living and working with a diverse crew. It was a mission familiar to TV audiences. This time it wasn't the Enterprise, but rather the adventures of a United Galaxies sanitation patrol ship under the leadership of Adam Quark in a show called Quark which premiered today in 1977. Quark was the brainchild of comedy writing legend Buck Henry, who had won accolades for his screenplay for The Graduate and had a TV hit with Get Smart. It also didn't hurt that Henry was well known in front of the camera, not the least of which was for many times hosting Saturday Night Live. With a pedigree like that, NBC jumped at the chance to produce a sci-fi spoof under his name. He even had a well-known actor lining up to work with him. Richard Benjamin, known for starring in the series He and She and the feature film Westworld, told Henry he would even take a pay cut to star in this new show. Quark would take to the airwaves as the science fiction answer to what Get Smart was for the spy craze. Just to round out the quirky crew, you add a couple of bombshell-cloned twins, a bumbling old scientist, a neurotic robot, and a transmute who was a character with full sets of male and female chromosomes and sometimes switched from one sex to the other in voice only. All of this got underway a full three weeks before Star Wars premiered in theaters, which NBC must have seen as some kind of incredible good luck. Their fresh sci-fi parody would be on the minds of the audience, and it was a cinch for Buck Henry to get a series order for March of 1978. We'll catch up with the further adventures of Quark, right after this. Quark's crew generally have menial jobs, but each week the giant disembodied head, called Head, gives them some kind of unique assignment overseen remotely by the ultimate middle manager, Otto Palindrome, played by TV staple Conrad Janus. Between the pilot and the series, Quark lost his scientist but gained a stoic, unemotional sidekick named Ficus, who is more plant than man. He's there to offer his logical take on matters and get into reasonable arguments with the captain. That may all sound familiar to Star Trek fans, too, only in this version, the give and take was purely nonsensical. That dynamic wasn't the only thing borrowed from Trek. Sound effects in the show are almost exclusively from the original series library. The production relied heavily on director of photography Gerald Finnerman, who lensed 60 episodes of classic Trek. The writers on Quark even paid homage directly to three TOS episodes. And worst of all, Quark borrowed another thing from Star Trek, a bad time slot and early cancellation. The timing may have felt right. Science fiction was booming, but viewers didn't show up for a space adventure that had a laugh track. Including the pilot, the full series that started a year later only lasted a total of eight episodes, falling victim to the much higher ratings of Wonder Woman and the king and queen of the Nielsens, Donnie and Marie. And that was about it for Quark, except that, like all science fiction shows, there is an audience somewhere that fondly remembers it. Remember that Quark premiered before Star Wars, before Battlestar Galactica, and before Star Trek's debut on the big screen. This was a show that scratched the itch for many fans who were looking for something, 
anything on TV to tide them over in the days when there wasn't much else to find. Combined with Buck Henry's obviously in-on-the-joke style of comedy, a lot of Star Trek fans felt like the show was made just for them. The season was far too short to end up in syndication, but it pops up every now and then. Even the DVD set, which came out in 2008, is now a hot commodity, regularly fetching over $100 in online shops. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for May 7th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.